Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It is Saturday, November 7th, and that's it. Uh, the race was just called for Joe Biden, uh, and the four years of Donald Trump look to be coming down to a close, it, unless, uh, you know, Eric and Donald Jr. Uh, pull off the coup, which uh, is doubtful. But yeah, that is it. Um, I am relieved, <laughs> I think is is the word. Um, it has been a long four years for all of us. Um, I was mentioning the other night that uh, I haven't been uh, a pastor at Mission Hills in a pre-Trump time. So I feel like so much of what we've done and talked about and has just been in the whole national zeitgeist and cultural conversation around uh, Christianity and Donald Trump and how could somebody like this um, be backed by so many Christians. That whole conversation has has been a weight for the last four years um, trying to grapple with you know what does this mean? What does this mean for the future of Christianity? How do we, how do we develop and continue to um, pursue a life of love, justice, mercy, grace, uh, in the midst of uh, a society that so seems to equate Christianity with something completely different? And how do, how do we, you know, interact with friends and family who see uh, life and political life and faith um, through an entirely different lens and Man, uh, not that any of that ends because of the, of the result of this, but uh, it does feel like a weight has been lifted, that there, uh, there is uh, a future beyond uh, you know, what we've lived through for the last four years, which has been um, just a constant stream of um, heinous, crime, immorality, um, injustice, uh, just over and over and over again, and not only by Trump, but by so many uh, in his administration, from caging kids down at the border to, to uh, you know, backing uh, white supremacists and white nationalists, and um, I don't want to go down the whole list, but um, that, has, that has lived with us. Um, for so for so long uh, as a community and as a society um, that this is a moment to to appreciate um, because it's been a lot of a lot of conversation a lot of hard work a lot of marches and protests and um, that shouldn't go unappreciated and so I hope you uh, can find some time to uh, reflect this week and uh, in the months to come on, um, just what this means for our community and our society and hopefully, um, for some semblance of, of progress when it comes to, um, the hope that we have for our world, that we want to see a world with more justice, equity, equality, and, uh, that the work continues on. So, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot on on Sunday morning, but I hope that you um, enjoy this this small victory and 
and really relish in the fact that um, democracy and the idea um, that we are uh, trying as a as a diverse group of people of Americans trying to become something uh, better, uh, and at least for the time being. Um, that, that idea, that concept that we can uh, become a more perfect union, that we are always striving to be, to be better as individuals and as a collective, um, that idea has won in the face of um, people trying to um, maintain power um, by suppressing and, and dividing people, um, that people can come to, together and Americans can come together from all different walks of life, from all over the country, and and say, no, we can be better. Um, and so I think, uh, yeah, well, let's just take a moment to uh, to appreciate that for a little while, and then we'll continue. We'll continue the work. All right. So our passage is Amos eighteen through twenty four, and I want to offer a few thoughts on this. This morning, I'm going to read out of the Message translation. Woe to all of you who want God's judgment day. Why would you want to see God, want him to come? When God comes, it will be bad news before it is good news. The worst of times, not the best of times. Here's what it's like. A man runs from a lion right into the jaws of a bear. A woman goes home after a hard day's work and is raped by a neighbor. At God's coming, we face hard reality, not fantasy, a black cloud with no silver lining. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. The word of the Lord. Okay, so most everybody is probably familiar with the end of this text, which was famously used by Martin Luther King Jr. in his I Have a Dream speech, where he said, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And I want to offer just a couple of thoughts around um, this idea this week. Uh, we've all been in a space of waiting this week, and Amos is one of the 12 minor prophets. He lived in the 8th century BCE. He was a shepherd from uh, a town south of Jerusalem, and he is speaking against his, uh, it's a time where uh, the Assyrians were threatening uh, the Israelites, and uh, the, the Israelites were expecting a day of God's vengeance and vindication. And I think we can get in that kind of space as, as human beings, where we, um, we want the enemy to, to get what's coming to, from them. So that's a way of thinking about uh, what Amos is speaking against here, and yet he tells uh, the Israelites here, he prophesies against his own people and says, uh, you, you wait for the day of the Lord, but it's not going to be what you think it is. Uh, there was a time uh, that Amos lived in where there was mass uh, inequality, uh, the marginalized, uh, people were being marginalized in their society. Uh, and Amos is saying, 
no, I don't, I don't want your, uh, I don't want your religious festivals. I don't want your conventions. I don't want your conferences. I don't want the burnt offerings. What I want is life. What I want is justice. What I want is for people to not be oppressed. And we've been living in a time where uh, we're deeply divided and polarized country. Uh, and the conversation has been around, um, well, who's going to get vindication? Or we want vengeance against those bad people out there, um, those politicians who will have it coming to them. Fill, fill in the blank for whoever we think uh, needs vindication or God's going to come and give them their day. But one thing that we see over and over again in the Bible is that those who often assume they are right are actually wrong. So we always come back to this idea of epistemological humility. Humility in um, being open to the possibility of being wrong. God doesn't want your religious festivals. He doesn't want your conferences. Uh, He doesn't want the religious trappings of Christianity. God could care less about those things. And that's the conversation that we have oftentimes uh, at Mission Hills when it comes to how do we be Christian in the 21st century? Okay, if, if we're not against uh, religious gatherings, we're not against uh, liturgy or the sacraments, but if they're divorced from the work of justice and righteousness, justice in this case being care for the poor, care for the marginalized, care for those who are being pushed out of society, who are on the edges, who are on the fringes, who are being demonized in our culture, in our society. And we can think of all of those groups that uh, we know are being marginalized in our own society. That is justice. So if religion, if Christianity is separated from primarily being about the care for those who are being marginalized in society, it's not Christianity, and it's not a religion that God wants anything to do with, according to the prophet Amos. I don't care about the religious trappings, your festivals, all the, all the, the smoke and mirrors that you do. I mean, it's great, but if it, if it doesn't have care for the, the marginalized and the poor as number one, I want nothing to do with it. Righteousness is the other word that's used uh, in this text, And we can just think about that as um, a community of people, a society of people that are living in peace and harmony and progress together, as communities of people in right relationship with each other. That that is the goal, not um, divisive or polarized relationships where one side's going to win and then the next side's going to win and then, you know, expects vengeance for the other side. Um, The... The righteousness that Amos is talking about, we see Jesus talk about as well, is a world in which mercy, justice, forgiveness, and love are the mode of being for God's people. You know, what would, what would making uh, our society and our public policy when it comes to um, housing and healthcare and wealth inequality and um, um, incarceration, uh, what would public policy look like if it was approached with forgiveness, mercy, justice, and love? You know, we often say that uh, justice is what love looks like in public, which is a quote from Cornell West. Um, the prophet Amos here is doing this act of publicly lamenting on behalf of the people. 
publicly crying out. And even though that we have um, this moment today where it signals a relief, a moment of change, we have to move from this space in public love, mercy, and justice. We need public repentance in love and grace for systemic racism in our society. All of the, all of the isms that oppress and marginalize people. Because if the Christian move here or the move from any kind of uh, political party or political coalition is to um, further uh, ostracize or desire vengeance for another group of people, it is not the kind of love religion that Jesus talks about, and it's not the kind of religion that Amos says God wants anything to do with, which is always about righteousness, mercy, and justice. I like how the, uh, the message says um, in this text, God says, do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. It's a great translation, and I love this idea of using rivers and, and oceans as the metaphor because um, it signals life. That, that water is, is life, and it's an it's a unstoppable force. So while we have work to do, there's this kind of idea of actually it's, God, it's God's work within people that even allows this to happen. Oceans, rivers. You know what I want? I want rivers of righteousness. I want oceans of justice covering everything. Water is life. It's time for Christians to continue to cry out for justice. Uh, today, hopefully, is the end of an era, but today is also just the beginning. We need to move forward in public life with mercy, forgiveness, grace, and love. Can we continue to bring life into the world? Can we continue to bring justice into the world? Because that's what we are called to do. Jesus says, uh, I, I came to, to bring life and life abundantly. Let justice roll down like waters. I want oceans of justice. So church, may we continue to cry for justice. May we continue to repent from classism, racism, everything that denies people, human rights in our society that have been normalized over the last four or five years? And can we move together in love and grace to reconstruct a new world together, one that has hope for a better future in a better planet in a better life for everybody? All right, I think we'll leave it there. Um, it's been a it's been a long, long four years. I hope people can find some time to, to rest and to breathe. Join us on Sunday morning at 10 on Zoom. And uh, as we say here at Mission Hills, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well.